This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So they're ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2. Huddersfield. Oi. Thank you. Champion Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. Hello and welcome to episode 198 of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. Three wins in a row, town owner Kevin Nagel requested, and town faltered at the first hurdle with a draw at <laughs> Ewood Park. There's new signings in the building as Kevin Nagel continues to follow up on his promise, uh, but the same old story with town failing to get a win and fan pressure piling on top of town boss Darren Moore, who now sits with three wins in 22 games. We'll look back over the game at Ewood Park and the latest in the series of the Apothecary Diaries. Uh, and joining me today to talk about the last week in town, the bells toll for Cosimodo back on the pod. How are we doing, Cosy? Yeah, a long time no speak. Good to see we've uh, not moved anywhere from our 21st position. Standard. <laughs> I'd happily take that in May as well. And uh, yes. joining us as well, back once again like a renegade master, we've got Josh Phillips. How are we doing, Josh? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. A late, a late uh, substitution, late Josh, which is very much appreciated. Thank you very much. Uh, right, as always, this episode is sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. So you can get 10% off all of your online orders using our code of AHTTC10 and also get down on match day as well to the to the tap house at Berkby. It's a, it's a grand old place to uh, enjoy your pre-match tipple. So uh, thanks to Magic Rock for always sponsoring this podcast right boys let's get into it Blackburn one town one town's lineup uh, a little bit more attacking on paper than it has been a little bit not 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 completely 
Uh, new signing Reese Healy starred up front. We had a bloody striker playing. Unbelievable. Uh, Brody Spencer moved to right centre-back, which I quite liked, uh, to wrap around for Sorba Thomas, who was at right wing-back. Uh, and when you look at the heat map, Sorba was more advanced than Ben Jackson on the other side and more advanced than Hogan Matos as well for his average position throughout the game. In terms of the setup, it promised a little more than usual. And then within minutes, the most experienced player falls into a trap that he's fallen into numerous times since David Wagner converted him to a six back in 2016 and got caught out facing his own goal. It's just quite typical, Cosy, wasn't it? You you were there at the ground and, you know, there was a little bit of expectancy. We had a striker on the pitch, <laughs> which is a miracle. Uh, and then <laughs> and then within minutes, uh, you know, we went there expecting, or hope, well, you never expect, but you hope for a win. And then within minutes, typically the, the most experienced player makes an error and Blackburn are, are in front. Oh, man, it just sums up not just this season, but last season as well, because... Obviously, we're going to place, you know, any uh, pre-match pod I did with any of the Blackburn people, they're absolutely on their knees, mate. I think they lost seven out of nine, the injury-ridden. You know, half of the people I was speaking to in the pub before the game, thanks to Dan for a chat, by the way, for a great uh, local, this is locally throws darts in, cracking pub. But, uh, yeah, they're in there. They didn't want to walk down the hill. We've all been there, haven't we, in the town centre of Huddersfield, like half two, and some people have been the game off, but... These guys did not want to come to the game. And obviously, the weather was uh, absolutely freezing. So, yeah, all we need to do is stay strong, let them get the crowd on the back. And, uh, yeah, Mr. Mural does that. I mean, I could not believe it. Well, you can believe it, can't you? Because this is other sort of We just love giving a leg up. I was just kind of thinking, like, last night, just something. We do everything we can to give the opposition a lift. It's so, so frustrating. And, Obviously, it seems like, you know, more wanting us to pass forward a bit more and stuff like that as well. And I think on another day, like, to quote the great Mr. Fotherham, I don't think he'd have kind of made that pass, but it's looking to try to kind of feed the guy in front. And, yeah, absolute nightmare. And it's just like a balloon, a pop and uh, sinking in. Uh, audible, audible start. Again, bizarre celebration. I'm, I get maybe I'm a professional footballer. They just love to shush anyone, but... Yeah, I think there are over 2,000 town fans just looking at each other thinking, here we go again. But absolute nightmare and uh, Nichols really had no chance to do with that. Yeah, I mean, Josh, it's 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 Hoggy's biggest weakness. I mean, we all love Hoggy, don't we? It's, we're, we're all Jonathan Hogg fans over the last 10 years. But, you know, you go back to 2016 and that Fulham game where he did that two or three times, you know, in the, in the Fulham game of 2016. I think people might remember that. And then... You think back to him getting sent off against Watford in the Premier League because he doesn't see Dakari coming behind him and kicks him and Swansea the other week. It's, it's sort of a just a, a weakness of his. And um, Carlos Corbran noted that, and that's why he moved him to centre-back so he could play looking forward rather than looking back to his own goal. But, I mean, he's, he's got enough credit in the bank, hasn't he, to sort of ride that one out and, and push on. But it, it's not the, the greatest start, but Town... Responded fairly well, I think, in in terms of going one nil down. I think a lot of Huddersfield Town teams would would have rolled over, even considering how poor Blackburn were. But you know, we, we didn't. Um, like Cosy says, Blackburn lost seven of the last nine, and you kind of expected Town to come out guns blazing, really. But they didn't really get chance because of the because of the goal. Um, the comments from Kevin Nagel the week before, and but we did get back into the game, didn't we? Um, Sauber Thomas, it was a it was an old sort of set piece routine from yesteryear, wasn't it? From the old 21-22 season, you know, whip it into that sort of front post area. And 
the marking on Mikhail Helic, I, I, I mean, I'm not going to listen to Rovers charts, but we'll get the time. But I'm sure they'll be going on about the marking on Mikhail Helic because he just literally walks away from the guy. But it's a lovely header. He plants it into the top corner, and despite the diabolical defending from Blackburn, it's 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 just great for, from our point of view. It's the Sauber Thomas routine. He's got another assist, and Helic bangs it in for his eighth goal of the season. And Parity's restored there, mate. It's a, it's a great header, isn't it? Yeah, it's perfect uh, corner goal, really, isn't it? A great delivery. And then Helic, I think I said to you, he looked like a giant. I think he, the the big man for Blackburn didn't get anywhere near him. So uh, yeah, did a great job steering into the into the far corner. Um, we had a bit of pressure, I think, if I, if memory serves, like just before the goal, and then for a bit just after, and then we got another corner, didn't we, on, on the other side, and um, we decided to play it short for some reason. Um, I know it's different because it's not an in-swinger like it was on the other side, but um, I think stuff like that tends to lose our momentum. Um, and then we went back to being uh, a bit passive again for the rest of that half. And then rest of the game, we, we had our moments. You know, we had that big big chance first half, which I'm sure will come on to, and another one second half. So really on, on the balance of play, if you think about it, if we took our chances and didn't gift them a goal, we should have won. But it didn't always feel like that during the game, to be honest. Cosy. Michal Helic, eight goals this season. Eight Brilliant goals. Man. He is the highest scoring defender for Huddersfield Town now for 40 years. And we're, we've got 19 games left. Um, can you remember, you're, you're the oldest on the pod, can you remember the last time uh, somebody got as many goals for Huddersfield Town from defence? Give me a give me kind of the... Buxton era. Era, Matt. Dave Sutton, maybe? No, Paul Jones oh. got nine in right. the 1983-84 season. I think quite a few yeah. were from penalties. Uh, the most ever by a town defender was actually the season before in 1982-83 was by Mally Brown. Mally Brown got 11 that season from right back. Uh, but oh, still time we're all in there, yeah, yeah, Mikhail Helic is on eight goals. So he's joint third. Brilliant, mate. Joint third. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. And Ken Taylor got eight in 1956-57. So... Michal Helic just needs three more goals, which is a lot from centre-back, but he needs three more goals to be the uh, leading scorer of all time for a set for a defender for Huddersfield Town. Yeah. Uh, which way do I take it here, Matt? Do I go down the positive route of eight goals from a centre-back or do I go down the embarrassment that nearly... Well, let's go, let's go positive because, you know, it's about Michal yeah. Helic, isn't it? And he, he yeah. he's not only is he incredible at the back in... in our own penalty box is incredible in the other one as well. He's he's a he's a fantastic player, isn't he? He's he's, he's also he's, he's always up at the top with the metrics as well, with clearances and tackles. He's he's just a he's just a real class actor. Yeah, I think some of his goals. I mean, like the goal against Coventry, the goal against uh, was it Borough, like good with his feet, mate. So they're not all letters. Had a great well, say great or not of the other end, but as soon as he edited it, Matt, you knew it were in. It was those good moments, you know, when you're in a way end and you edit. Time stood still, everyone just looks and I thought it's going to nestle in the back of the net here, isn't it? And it does as well. But yeah, really good. Uh, I know we've discussed this before with age and speed and stuff like that as well, but I don't think of it other sort of next season, whether it's there or not. I hope he is, but I do think he'll get the people who will come and see his goals, see how well his defence and probably get to a move to a better club. But the era now is, uh, yeah, big. If it might, I mean, we've lost a few players to injuries, but. I just think he's one that we, if he ever needs pulls up or, you know, he's out of the running or some games and stuff, we'd miss him most of that as well. Great signing, mate. I know we've said it before, but Barnsley fans told us, I 
shocked and they tell us some stuff, Barnsley fans, and uh, he's no Eddie Moses, that's for sure. But he, uh, yeah, <laughs> brilliant, mate. And uh, back in there. But you know what, mate, that, after that, he's honestly, just like the Echoes of Plymouth game, it was so frustrating because you're thinking, right, we've made this shocking start, just like we did the week before with Morgan Wicker. Just not just when you think, come on, let's have a foothold in the game, stay strong, and then play our football. You know, we go behind, we equalise, and you're thinking, let's let's do it. And we we just miss his life, Martin, in massive moments. He just, you know what? When you let's always obviously stay up, but you, you, this is, I mean, the Redoni thing. We might not come on to now, but it's just like to me, these are the moments that, well, you fly or die, mate, in the division and. I'm so frustrated, Matt, because to me it feels like his his finish has gone full circle. I know he had that little say burst, a couple of goals, but I, it's, it feels like to me we've got the Redoni finishing back pre Warnock now, mate, and it's worrying. I think that's going to do a lot of damage to his confidence, really. Because I mean, I've not seen a replay back of it. I just saw it raw on the day, but it, it looked an horrendous miss. Is, is there any case for the defence, Matt? Obviously, you saw it on the. Not no. really. Um, I mean, if the keeper saves it, you, you probably say it's a good save, but no, he should score. It's on his favourite left foot. He's free in the box. He, it's a lack of confidence, isn't it? He tries to open his foot to put it in the corner, but to be honest, he probably shouldn't even go for that corner in the first place because the keeper's more or less got it covered and there's a big gap the other side. Uh, I like Jack Redoni a lot, but uh, I think he's been off it a little bit um, last couple of games. Um don't know about you, but what? I mean, I, I thought... At, at the time, I was screaming for Coroma to go himself. And then he has turned out to be, you know, he's made the right decision in the end and he's just not finished it. But I thought maybe Coroma could have gone for himself. I mean... Josh, we've said it all season and Matt, but I'm sick of saying it and I said it in Radio Leeds. It's, it's midfield, just not good enough. Not good enough. We've got to score, got to create... We've got no one who could do it on a regular basis, and it's absolutely killing us. It's a massive miss that. Yeah, man. I mean, Jack Redone, just massive looking at the stats, and Jack Redone is underperforming in, in his XG. He should be scoring more than he has this season. He's, he, he, his XG indicates he should be scoring one every four games at 0.23 ish, four ish games, but he's running in at 0.15 at the minute. And and he's not really assisting either in, in the final third at the minute. It's. He's got one assist this season, three goals, one assist this season. And I do like him, but um, we've we've said it since day one, he needs to produce more in the final third. He has to produce more. Um, We've praised him to IL on him many uh, times. We've criticised and praised, we've done all sorts. Uh, We like him, we do like him, but we need need more from him and he's capable of it. A lot lot of things we're going to say tonight, mate, it's going to be exactly the same. It's time to deliver, not just for for the club, for individual players, we 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 pussyfooted about, we praised, we we hoped, we development, blah blah blah. You've got to deliver in these massive moments of games, and it is. Yeah. We all know at the time. We all knew at the time. I know we had the second half to come, but we all looking at each other behind that goal, thinking that was absolutely massive. And yeah, got him. Yeah, he, got I mean, him. I mean, there's still a long a long way to go. I mean, he should score. He doesn't. He's he's not played badly, to be honest. He's he's just one of those things. He's a young player probably lacking confidence in front of goal at the minute but it, we, we like like I say we like Radoni we like him a lot um, and we just probably expect maybe I don't know maybe we expect too much from him um, but you know he, he's a player I like a lot and I, I've got a rate highly that's why when he doesn't score like that you, you're a little bit disappointed but I think there's certainly a lot more to come from 
from Jack Radoni, without a doubt. And second half, I mean, when when we equalised, you expected us to go on and win the game. Or I not expected, but I I thought we'd go on and win. Just before the second half, the first half penalty, I messaged you at the time saying, "Yeah, I must admit, I thought it was no penalty." But then I've seen a replay of it and. Maybe. No, I he's, he's throwing himself. He's, there's hardly any contact. He's throwing himself on the uh, ground because well, he's not getting the ball. He's a big guy, Gallagher, isn't he? But First viewing, I thought it was a penalty. Um, then looking back, it's like it could go either way, really. So maybe got away with it. Yeah, I think I thought. We brought a Spencer on it. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought he made a lot of it, Gallagher. I think he, he wasn't going well to get the ball. No, um, he's been such a shining light, Brody Spencer, haven't he? I think. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Brody at the end. But I mean, you, you think at that at one or with Blackburn the way they are, we'd we'd at least, well, we, we hoped we'd win the game, and it's just unfortunately wasn't to be. Those Radonis obviously had the chance in the first half, and then the second half, uh, we bring on uh, Boyan Radulovic, and he has a chance. I I will talk about him as well, but he has a chance to make it 2-1 and the keeper comes out and, and closes the gap really well, actually. It's a, it's a good save. And then there's another chance as well. Kasumu, um, Kasumu's played through really well and he, he's through one-on-one and there's a, you can square that to Radulovic for a tap-in and, or you can take it on and, and but you have to hit the target. If you've got someone in a good position, you have to hit the target and he, he didn't. Um, I mean, the Kasumu sub for me was frustrating in a way I like Sumu a lot but the reason why I was a little bit frustrated is because I, th- I felt we needed more forward momentum again it's my frustration with Darren Moore really again I felt we needed more forward thrust and in, in that situation do you not bring on a more attack-minded player like Ben Wiles to try and win the game rather than a natural you know second ball winner in, in Kasumu I know Ben Wiles hasn't uh, set the world afire I, but he is a, he is a naturally more attacking player than Kasumu uh, again there's no change to the shape from more to try and win the game and you can argue we created chances to win the game but it just I, I just felt like we didn't do enough really we didn't do enough from the sideline to try and, and push us on I, I'm going to have to defend Darren Moore there um, just on that point I think Kasumu definitely I would, I would have brought Kasumu on instead of Wiles as well because Wiles doesn't offer anything for me uh, Kasumu yeah he's, he's more defensive minded but you know at that stage of the game fresh legs um, in the attacking part of the pitch, he's going to win the ball back. And yeah, I just think I, I would have brought Sumo on. He wasn't, obviously, he wasn't amazing and he messed up that chance. But on that one, I, I don't think that was a bad substitution for me. I just want to wind it back a little bit, Matt, but still leaving the first half. The one thing that really got my goal, uh, and I, I, this is where I'm losing a lot of kind of. You know, goodwill towards Darren Moore and that as well. And, it, and again, he's the gaffer. It's his kind of, you know, it's his train set. And he, they had to run. There were two minutes to go that five minutes of uh, added time. And we had the ball. Lee Nichols had the ball in his hand and he was pissing about. And I'm thinking, come on, you know, we need to win this game. News were getting around rather than beating middles. Well, whatever. But it doesn't matter because we knew we needed to win that game. And he's like, calm it down. He pointed to the clock uh, where we were. And that as well, as if to say, look, let's just kind of wind it down to, to half-time. And Sober Thomas came over, who wanted a quick throwing out. And then and it, I think of the seniority were like, no, he puts them up. And it really bored my piss, did that. And I, had a, I showered him, and a few others did in that as well. And I just think this is this is to me where it's, it's really getting on my nerves because 
if we've got like an attack minded manager or a manager that's like really throwing the kitchen sink out, and again, we'll come to the second half, but I don't think we threw the kitchen sink of it really. But you're going to, as someone who's like play to win, will, you know, get back to the room and, and, and go nuts, you know, with Nichols. But I get, get what he's saying. If, if we're like 13th or whatever and, and, you know what, and stuff, but we needed to win that game. That ball should have been straight back out on the pitch and get on with it. It's it just it's an awful message it sends to me. It's just like, yeah, let's just settle it down, you know, in half time and that as well. And I'm sure Dan Moore, like, that's a good thing to do. That's bollocks, mate. We need to win the game. And then this is the thing where, you know, I've seen some of these obviously arguments come and go and I've kind of kept out of it, you know, about the negative setup, the, you know, the approach and stuff. But that really did boil my piss. And, and it's just like, what's that saying? And later on in the game, you were mentioning it before we come on air, Josh, about, you know, Ben Jackson with a throw in and that as well. I'm thinking, I, I just can't escape the fact, are, are we doing everything we can to take three points from Blackburn and Rovers? Are we really throwing the kitchen sink at it? Look at some stats on that as well. They had seven shots outside the box, Blackburn. We didn't have one. Zero shots outside the box. We, we, there was some nice build-up play, link-up play. We'll, we'll talk about the new strikers as well. I, I thought there were some good signs there. But everything is just out, you know, in scoring side. It's almost like we've got to do the perfect goal. We've got to be doing everything we can to score. And if I'd have been on last week at Plymouth, Matt, we're doing my head in like, why not stick Ellick up front against Plymouth for the last 10 minutes or something like that? Do it sure that you're doing everything you can to get these three points instead of just accepting that we haven't got the strikers or the, the individuals and that as well. That's my biggest criticism with like Darren Mon. It was so frustrating. I know you've kind of said about the sub there, but I didn't agree with Coroma coming off. I thought it was really good. He was absolutely gutted, you know, to come off on that as well. I know Steve Chicken in five things kind of said, it. yeah, you can kind of see why he did and that as well. But I just couldn't see it. And uh, it's, it, it, that's where kind of my credit in the bank's just kind of gone with more because I'm just looking at this. I'm thinking, you know, I know some of it's really exaggerated with some of the fans. Yeah, negative set up. Look at the, some of the subs, you know, you can kind of see, even though you're thinking, yeah, bringing enough a midfielder for a defender or whatever it is. But yeah, I, I you know, Kazumu, he's, I mean, part of you wants to like, I mean, I'm, I've got almost like glass out here. I've just criticised like the no shot side of the book. Kazumu backed himself, but he's not a creative midfielder, which is what we desperately need. And he's just like, he's had a pot and it's, and it's wide. And it's just like, these are massive moments in the season, massive moments in the season. And we're just not doing everything we can to to win the game, in my opinion, off the bench. And it really did bore my blood that. Probably not happened to them too many, but it's just the intent, the message it's sending out to me. So everyone, calm it down. We're playing the team who's lost seven out of frigging nine, man. They're on their arse. We've just equalised. We should be getting at them. And we're just like, no, let's go in half-time. We're not bollocks. I mean, it, it didn't get much better in the sec- uh, towards the end of the second half as well. We, we we mentioned, didn't we, Josh, that, you know, there are a couple of throw-ins whereby they're saying, calm it, you know, it's 91st minute and they're sort of slowing it down, slowing the game down. And that's annoying levels of negativity. And uh, they always say, like, I, I know Dave Carmichael, uh, Dave, Carmichael Dave, if you like what, you know, he mentioned, didn't he? They always say a, a good point and away point's always a good point, but it, it wasn't really. Um, and, and normally you would say a point at Blackburn's good, but I think in context of where we are in the season, in context of where Blackburn are, it, it wasn't a good point. It, we, we had to go there and considering we didn't beat Plymouth, I think if we'd have beaten Plymouth and got a point there, you'd be relatively happy, but... I think in context of not beating Plymouth and then failing to beat Blackburn, it's it's not great, especially when the owner's giving you a, a three win. You know, he's, we haven't won three games for ages, have we? But, you know, he's giving him that target to win three games in a row. And, and we've not really, he's not really tried, I don't think, to 
win that massively. I, I don't think we've gone there to draw, but you know, with, with time running out and the misses, I, you know, the game is is there for us to win, and I don't think we really did enough after that to to win it. It's just frustrating, isn't it? As a fan, just frustrating. And and the chances, you know, Kasumu should do better. Boyan, it's a good save. Um, but the running down of the clock at the end, I just found too too frustrating, and I, I hate watching us at the minute. I just find us a really dull watch, and it's it's just not fun. It's not fun. Mate, you've seen teams like honestly, there's certain managers, sorry, Josh, but I, it's like today, Bet- Betis and Basel. I know it's Spanish. Betis came back from two up, two nil to two two, and all they wanted to do was win it, and it cost them a defeat. But you know what? The fans clapped them off because they give everything. They wanted to win the game. I mentioned about Carlos Cobra and that. The, uh, the game a bit ago, wasn't it? West Brom, Leicester, was it? Where kind of West Brom, you know, were, were bombing. They got back to a jaw, trying to win the game, got caught out. Leicester got a late winner. You can always accept that as a fan, I think, because that you're in t- it's all about your intent. Are you trying to win the game? Are you doing everything you possibly can within your remit? And we know there's double-digit injuries or whatever and stuff like that as well. And we're not, and it's just so frustrating and, and that as well. It's like, like last week, Jonathan Ox staying on, you know, for 90 minutes. There's no need for that. It's just like, to me, that's just a, a manager who's just kind of accepting the situation and the, the injuries and stuff like that as well. And it, it's so frustrating. And I think, as we'll come on to later on, Kevin Nagel's comments, but it's like, it's, it sounds like, right, win that QPR or you're gone. So if, it'll be so frustrating if we see different stuff next week, all of a sudden we're, you know, we're attacking midfield and we're, we're getting more people forward. It's almost like, well, well I better do something because I'm going out of a job. We should be doing this every game. And like, this, these two games were like, against. Matt, the, the opposition was so bad, weren't they? I mean, like, Blackburn, they offered nothing. Lee Nichols might have been sat with us second half. They, were not, they didn't, they, I don't, can't remember him having a shot to save. So why not gamble? I, you know, even if we lost two, one point, whatever, you know, it's just like, go for it, mate. And it's just like, it's just I'm, so frustrating. It's one, of the, it's one of the big criticisms of Darren Moore, isn't it, from <laughs> Chef Wednesday, from Huddersfield fans, Chef Wednesday, West Brom, is that he, he can't alter games from the touchline. And it's just... It's, it's frustrating watching it. It really is frustrating. Go on, here. Looking at the bench, subs that didn't come on. Diara, been awful. Edwards, no, they didn't say anymore. Wiles has been awful. Yeah. Why are you pending on there? I pending. We're bigging him up in the press conference well, last yeah, week, yeah, wasn't it? Oh, why are pending? Give him a. Yeah, we didn't us. really do much, did he? He's, he's played one game. And you got Aina, defender. Hudlin, not good enough for the level. So. As much as I, I'm not pro Darren Moore. Look at look at that bench. I wouldn't have brought any of them on. They didn't come on. I'd 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 have had Wiles on to be honest, but it's okay to disagree with that. But I I would have had Wiles on over Kasumu. Yes, but then a couple of games he he kind of did. I thought he did. Last time out, it was all right actually, and it was it was all right. But how can, how, can he, how can he come on and say, oh, I'll pend like, oh, I'll give him a chance. This is what I wanted to do. He was like lauding himself. Like, look, I've kind of, I've given him a chance against Plymouth. So build on that, mate. Get him on there. You know, fucking take, sorry, take hog off. Just just show us that you're trying to do something and that as well. And I think that's the so frustrating thing about it. Josh, I were with you, you know, like a month ago, like the bench, this, that and the other. And it's just like, it's so frustrating that, you know, it's like he won't, there won't be anything different that that's kind of done. I just think, I, I will be you with it, like the injuries, but I just, I just can't get it. And Karoma, there's no way he should have been subbed off yesterday. No way in God's earth. Yeah, I think he just, he just wanted to get Radulovic on, didn't he? But re- thoughts on, thoughts on the new players then. Um, Reese Healy. Um, I was speaking to uh, a Watford fan um, 
before this. Um, and he was saying he doesn't think Reese Healy's quite good enough for the championship anymore. He's he's lost a lot of spark since um, he did his ACL. Um, but he's not, you know, my point is he's not really had the opportunity yet you know, at Watford to show what he can do. I thought he made a difference, uh, especially in the first half. I thought he was quite quite neat over there. I thought his link-up play was quite good. I thought he dropped into some good areas. I could see what he meant. There was a few through balls played to him where the defence outpaced him. So I, I could, I, I kind of get where he's coming from. But I thought he made a difference. I thought Healy was all right. Um, a solid a solid performance. Um, he spent a lot of time dropping outside of the box rather than being inside it for you know, delivery and stuff, which I'm sure they'll work on. But I, I thought it was a, a promising enough debut, I think, for, for you to say he was signed pretty much the day before and he hasn't trained yet. I thought, I thought you know, all right. right. I don't think it was his kind of game, really. Like, I don't think we'll see the best of him in that kind of game. Um, and really, if Kasumu had scored, then he'd got the assist for that, wouldn't he? Because that was a nice bit of link-up play. Um, was that between him and Radulovic? Yeah. And then he slid Kasumu in. That was probably our best move of the match, that. So he was involved in that. Um He's got a good work rate, um, yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure he'll score goals for us. Mm, I, li- I, li- I, th- I liked it, Carl. What do you? Yeah, good. I liked his interview, mate, and the press conference on before on Friday. Hungry, seems hungry. I, I thought it was good that we give him because I'm proud pretty certain more we're going to bring him off. I know we got no other strikers, but you know what he's like. He's like who's giving seventy and stuff. But I mean, he, he will blow in at the end. But it's like obviously his first real ninety minutes yeah. for a bit, and that's well. It, it's been fascinating getting opinion from like Watford people and, and other people on this guy and as as well because like I say it's if we hadn't have the injury and what have you the Uddersfield Town they, these are kind of the players we'll get they'll always be kind of you know a question mark on these because we're never going to get ready made guys who're just going to bang in loads of goals and stuff as well but I mean based, based on 95 minutes or I suppose if you clad there what, seven minutes 102 minutes of, of football it, to me it looks like a guy who will give you He's just got to get the service. I know it's an obvious thing to say with the striker, but where we're more on about Bojan in a minute. I think he brings a bit more to the party. But Healy, I just thought, get, the, get him the service, get the crosses in, and he'll go there but as well. But it was just nice, Matt, just to have a, a striker, thank God, you know, just on there. When you see that 44, mate, there's only one man it can mean, and so he's going to have to do well to uh, kind of take the legend off uh, our last fo- uh, 44. Yeah, but it was just... Yeah, we're good. And uh, like I said, he, he, they were kind of well mastered with them. And when he went pace to pace with some of the Blackburn centre backs, but honestly, mate, he's like the same horse racing. He's got to come on from the run, hasn't he? From that. Yeah, no, I liked him. I liked what I saw. I think there's, there's, there's stuff to build on. I think it might just be a system thing as well with Watford because they tended to, I think they played him out wide mm-hmm. quite a bit and uh, they play uh, three up top. So with us playing two, it just allows him to be, he, he, he feels yeah. very Billy Sharp in, in sort of in the way he plays. Um, so maybe, you know, playing someone up with him will allow him to just do what he does and float in and around the box and read situations and, and get a few goals. And I suppose that's... The good thing is, Matt, though, it's like Karoma and, and, and uh, Thomas now can feed these guys. It's great, isn't it? Where, like three weeks ago, they've got a... They do the job themselves. So it's it's just nice. They, they must be thinking, brilliant. I can look up. They, they can think... Uh, defenders think, am I going to shoot? Or I might be able to thread someone in now. So it's honestly just... Well, there's options in refreshing there. Refreshing there. You know, yeah. the... You know, Hayden Carter went off injured, didn't he? That was almost karma-like, wasn't it? Him going off injured for um, for Blackburn after what he did to Delano Bergzog in the home game. But yeah, Bergzog, yeah. you know, I'm not really that vindictive, but it was just funny how things work sometimes. But Bergzog, hopefully, you know, he keeps posting pictures of him training, and you know, so hope you're hoping he'll be back soon. Yeah, right I right keep now. thinking that. Come on, mate. But, well, come yeah. on, get out of the gym. And then all of a sudden you got that. 
exactly, yeah. Yeah, but it'd be a great sub-dom, Matt, wouldn't it, Birdsall? It'd be a good starter, wouldn't it? Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. it adds so much. When you've got the options there of Bergsorg, Healy, Radulovic and... Um, Karoma, I guess, as as your your striking options, you know, it's that's actually All decent. Right, it? Yeah, it's it's good that. And yeah, it is for us. I mean, I yeah. I've really liked what I've seen. The the sort of cameos, the two cameos for Radulovic. I've really yeah. liked what I've seen. Yeah. I, I really yeah. like what I see there. I, I mean, he's not fit yet. He's not played competitively for not not properly in league football and since by the end of October. He's played a few European games, but I, I really like what I see. I, I mean, he, he is a beanpole striker. He's not fast, but he just drops into really good areas. He links things. He's, I mean, his his foot his foot speed isn't is lightning, but his movement's really good. You know that sort of Sheringham esque. You know, dropping into places and then and then linking things. And his footwork's really good. There's a you know against Man City, he beat the defender to get the shot off, which uh, the keeper saved. And then again to get the uh, shot, which Pears saved. He, he beat he nutmegs the centre back. He showed really good feet, and I really like what I see with Radulovic. And I'm I'm, I'm I really want to see more, and I like the idea of him and Healy up front. And I think there's there's something there to to build on as a partnership. And you know, you can throw on a Bergzog, a Karoma, or you can even Bergzog with Radulovic, and it's it's interesting. There's all sorts of different dynamics, and I'm sure uh, Darren Moore's quite excited. But I, I I like what I see, boys, of mm. of Radulovic. I think this could touch wood. Because I know he got injured in his first first proper week, but I I just I really like what I see there, and I'm, I'm hoping that that's going to be, uh, you know, a big signing for us. He's, he looks like he's got quite a lot of tools, which which fit. It's nice to have someone who's finally happy playing with the back to goal and can hold the ball up. Mm. Far too often, one of our biggest weaknesses is the ball to come straight back when it comes up to our strikers. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like you said, I like the idea of him and Healy as a combination. You know, the classic. Uh, sort of hold up player and then Healy's going to be the, the sort of finisher so that's got the makings of good partnership and then yeah, Ber- the fox, in, fox the in the box and then yeah obviously Bergzork who before he was horrifically hacked down by uh, that car he was playing well wasn't yeah, he yeah he was really finding his his best form and yeah hopefully he comes back soon because um, yeah we need him Yeah, Radulovic were great, mate. We're uh, giving the fans like some G up, you know, from a corner and stuff. So I'd, it just feels like it's going to be a, There's a talisman there, isn't there? A good crowd. I like he's going to be, yeah, yeah, I like him. Russell well, fans love a, a good, uh, you know, kind of number nine. Love a big centre for I mean, Alan Lee still got cult hero yeah. status, hasn't he? And he wasn't, he yeah. wasn't particularly that great, but uh, don't tell Tom Bradshaw. I think the best thing for me, Matt, is it's like it's not just a guy who kind of stands there and just wants the ball to come to him. There's a lot more to his game. His and great, I like the fact he's, he's willing to try stuff, mate. He's like trying to. Like Jink or like the City chance as well. That was a good chance. He's like something he created for himself. So, so in other words, when he gets the ball in the box, mate, it's not. I think sometimes you know you can be predictable to kind of you know to the defenders know what they're going to do. But I'm, I'm thinking if I'm marking this guy, I'm not sure what he's going to do here and stuff as well. And obviously we we've not seen much of his aerial prowess, which you do. You know, as part part of that montage when he signed it, it looked like he scored some nice mm. goals. The first thing he did you know, was win a flick well, on when he came on. The first thing he did was win yeah. a flick on down the line, wasn't it? That was, and you know, that was like, oh, that's different because we don't usually win those. <laughs> so, like, but again, it's just that boost, Matt. Just seeing a, another striker on the team sheet, it's just honestly, it's just small steps, but mm. he's just so good. And I like his energy. I like the the fact he seems to care, throw stuff about. And I don't know, interviews are everything, but I loved his interview uh, when he signed. He's yeah, really good, but like I think the problem was well, not a problem. But if this were like signing in July or August, you're thinking, yeah, bed him. 
Here you've got to deliver straight away. Mm. Sorry, Bodhi, I bought as much as we love you, mate. We need that winner at QPR yeah. next Sunday. Changes the narrative, though, doesn't it? Having signed these two strikers, you know, everyone was saying, sign a striker, sign a striker. Well, we've got them now, so obviously the problem's something else. I thought what was brilliant was well, we, we, we signed Healy and it's like people are going, Kevin, spend money, spend money, buy a strike. And then it got, it came out and it reached Healy two million. It's like, not that much money, Kevin. It was, <laughs> Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in, order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them. Honestly, if you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. That was quite quite funny. I don't. It's, it's not. It's not two million quid, by the way. But it's um, it's it's. Now it's mad in it how we've changed. Man. Can you imagine if we'd put this pod back on in 2017 when we'd like. Got Dear Carby and uh, Benzer and all that, and we were spending like I 10 could dig million, out that 12 million. You singing the Dear Carby song if you hard. want, Cosy. Yeah. And, and like we must, we must have these four guys in for five million. Obviously, we'll come on to the you know kind of the business done, but it's just refreshing, mate. And I just think at his attack, he's just totally different because like Thomas now, he's like defenders will think, oh shit, what's he going to do? Like before this thing, he's, he's got a rubber goal, there's no one else to pass to. Now it's like, shit, what's he going to do? He's going to beat a man and whatever. He got a good, great reception from the back. They were a bit weird, mate. He got the ball, there were a few pantomime jeers and then all of a sudden he went over to the corner which actually gave the goal and when he went back a second, it were like clapping and I noticed he put someone on his Instagram about being buzzing on that as well and uh, yeah, no, it's all of a sudden, like you said, when you read them names out, Matt, it's not, I'm not saying it's like going to be, you know, compared to Leeds and Southampton, what have you, they're going to be Managers quaking in the booth, but it's good, mate, it's it's, and finally, it's not, yeah, it is, you know, and, if, and obviously get Del Boy back uh, on the bench, and uh, you know, maybe one or two others as, as well. It's, uh, I mean, I mean yeah, with these but, uh, these options, because I'm sure that keeping Bergsorg on for 90 minutes against Blackburn, see, that injury came after about 25 minutes, and he, he still played for another over an hour there, and it, it's like, yeah. you know, if you've got these options on the bench, you can you can hook him straight away, and all of a sudden the injury is not out for a couple of months he's out for a couple of weeks but I mean I mean needs needs must and he won us that game against Blackburn so you can't really fault that too much but thoughts on Brody Spencer so go on sorry mate thoughts on I was going to say thoughts on Brody Spencer as well he continues to impress I mean I was really keen to see how he did in that slot mm-hmm. I, I I was speaking to Stephen Chicken and, and Dave about um, you know potentially playing him as a right-sided centre-back and you can have that sort of wraparound system where, do you remember when we had Adam Hamill under Mark Robbins and Adam Hamill pushed higher up and then Tommy Smith sort of wrapped around as a defensive right-back covering in and you've got you've got players in uh, Brody Spencer and Ollie Turton who can do that covering job really, really well and that's sort of their um, specific. But Brody Spencer got forward as well. He overlapped from right-centre-back and, and he got a number of interceptions, tackles in and won a couple of headers. I, I was really impressed with what I saw from him. I think... The, the the move to Motherwell has been an absolute godsend for him, and I think that's now 
three performances in a row where he's up there as you know a contender for man of the match. I mean, he got man of the match against Plymouth, didn't he? And I'm, I'm not sure we got it against Man City, but you know, you got to be looking at Spencer. And again, yesterday he was he was up there again. And 19 years old, there's the shade to me of of Lee Peltier in him in in a way, and in, you know, in in terms of his pace, how he gets forward, how flexible he is, mm. and how he's how he's sort of built as well. And you know, he's very. I like him. I like him a lot, and I think hopefully he keeps going. We, we, there's a danger of building young players up too much, isn't there? Too soon, but I, I really like what I've seen oh, so yeah. far, and I'm, I'm really, really happy for him that he's, he's he's performing really well. And and all of a sudden we've gone from saying, "Oh, we really need a right back," to Brody Spencer's really good, isn't he? Mm. Yeah. Well, Matt, it's funny. It's, I was behind the same goal, well, not 12 months ago. I think we played him in November last time, but Spencer, I'm sure it was Spencer's debut against Blackburn and he cost us for the goal. Uh, when he played, actually, it wasn't his debut. I think he played a couple of games more, but you were, you, you were like, you just thought it's a bit of an experience, but you could see something there. And then I think, I'm sure, I think Fotheringham kind of pulled him out then. And then, you know, obviously he didn't play him and stuff. But yeah, you can just see what regular football's done to him, Matt. And, and just, I know I'm much maligned about Scottish Premier League football, but. You know, obviously, when you're bumping it at Rangers and Celtic now and again in like high pressure octane games and stuff like that as well, you've got to deliver. So, mate, he's added, he's added to it. Sometimes we get these players back and they do all right, and we try and we're really desperate to give them benefit of the doubt. But these are performances on merit, mate. And you could see even that Manchester City game, mate, against such you know different gravy opposition that there was something there, but really, really good. And uh, yeah, it's it's given Danamore a, a bit of a, a nice option, really, because. Slave, we've got the centre back in, you know, this week. But Spencer's uh, a guy, you know, and even if you can go on the bench, he's someone you can bring on and change his stuff. It's it's just a positive, mate. And again, it's not all people that go out on loan. We, we seem to have serial loan players, don't we? That come back and we never see again. But this looks like a guy now who's just going to kick on to me and three solid uh, performances. I like the way there, he plays as mate. well. Um, he's so like he's robust. Um, he likes he likes front to tackle. Foot, foot, yeah. Sometimes he dives in a little bit too much, but he just um, like that Man City when he got clattered, uh, he got straight back up. Um, he's a bit like old fashioned in that sense. And also when he gets the ball, sometimes he will he'll be proactive and he'll try one two down the right. Um, obviously he's used to playing right back, so when he gets in that position, he, he's got a bit going forward as well. So yeah, looking really positive for Brody Spencer. So overall, it's a, a. I think we're saying disappointing draw, aren't we? Um, against Blackburn, but when the whistle went mad, I always think it's one of those crowds is always interesting. But there were there were a muffled boos, and as if to say, bloody hell, we should we wanted to we, we needed to win that, but there were mostly applause. So I think again, town fans, we, we get a bad the performance wasn't. Over, but I think the performance wasn't bad, was no. it? I think that's the thing. The performance wasn't bad. We should have yeah. won the game, but. We, we could have done more. It just felt like we could have done more. Oh, don't Instead, forget, it's, it's, it's just, don't forget that chance yeah. Blackburn had at the end when Nichols palmed it onto their guy. Could I could easily have gone in and then then you? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that uh, yeah hit. Um, don't bring that into it, Josh. We should have. Yeah, <laughs> that hit Smodits on the on yeah. the knee in it, and and but it could have gone anywhere. Yeah, it could have gone anywhere. That it's uh, quite fortunate, but you know, there's there's other news as well. We've we've signed a centre back. Uh, you can listen to. Um, not sure what's going on there, Josh, with the balloons, but if you're watching on That's the YouTube... That's because we've got a centre-back in. It's because we've got a centre-back in, isn't it? Oh, it? Celebrating, <laughs> celebrating out with a sided of Rodinio Balka with balloons. I don't know what you've done there, Josh. <laughs> but uh, if, you, if you're listening, you can watch Josh and his Josh balloons on, on YouTube. I'm just happy. Um, so we signed Rodinio... <laughs> so we signed Rodinio Balka um, 
from Groningen. Uh, and this is a very interesting signing on a lot of levels. Uh, you can listen to Brady's mini pod, Brady and Tom's mini pod about Rodinia Bolka. There's um, opinion from uh, a Groningen podcast, which is uh, interesting. And is it in Dutch? Uh, yep. And it's very typical that we sign someone and uh, they can't play. No, I mean, it's norovirus. Yeah, he gets norovirus <laughs> and he's. Uh, He's got the shits, shall we say, uh, rather than an injury. So it, the good thing is, you know, it's not an injury and he should hopefully be in and around for QPR. But there's a decision to make here as well because Town signed him for... say what they're going to do. Yeah, they signed him for 1.3 million euros. That's that's an outlay. And again, well played. Kevin Nagel's coming and he's he's put his money where his mouth is. And I think a lot of people are really appreciative of that, you know, including us. That, you know, he's backed, he's backed you know, Mark Cartwright and, and co. And uh, we, we've managed to bring in uh, players like Balka and you've got Spencer in good form. I mean, Lee's and Helic are doing okay. Helix, Helix, the man, isn't he for us? And Tom Lee's, I think, has been pretty good to be honest since since Christmas. Um, I think the big thing is Matt, Matt do do? with the evolve. It sounds like we're trying to evolve a style a little bit. I know mm. it's a little bit yesterday, but every time you you kind of saw any of this, I mean, yeah, there was there were some sliding tackles like against the juices flowing that the club put on that that video. But the the key thing that I'm hearing and uh, Really weird. When I were on the uh, the Thursday night Just Joe po- uh, podcast, which, uh, yeah, you've got to tune in, man. I'm flying the town the flag cast. there. The Pro Rotherham guy, honestly, is absolutely... Just when you think town are doing bad, you just like it goes over to Rotherham. But, but it was really weird. Someone kind of messaged into us or tell Cosy, I, I don't know, he said, I've done some scouting or something. He sounded like a proper scout, but he said, you've got a gem in there, this guy. And he says, geez, he's brilliant on the ball. That's, that's what his main point was. And I think he's kind of been... Signed to bring the ball for us, really, because you think defenders defend, but this is a guy who's going to bring the ball forward and get us moving quickly. Which, how many times you know, we've been saying about slow start, passing slow, and what have you. So, this, I mean, he said it himself in his interview, he seemed a really confident guy, and yeah, kind of exciting. I think kind of the message we, we had from a kind of one or two people that know him a bit more, we, we might see the odd clanger, but you're going to see that from a defender anyway. but this is a guy who's fast on the ball and uh, he runs yeah, past people with that, the ball, dribbles what, with the ball. It's it's interesting. Yeah, did you see that run? Yeah, like, it's what interesting. Hell, it's it's going to yeah. be interesting, yeah. is this? And I mean, where do you where do you put him in? I mean, Helic doesn't get yeah, dropped. I, I mean, Balka's probably going to end up playing left side. I mean, Nakayama's. We've just picked up Brody Prince, Prince there, haven't we? Yeah, yeah I mean, like, like, who do you pick? I mean, Spencer in over Leeds. If you're playing a back three, I think that's been one of our frailties. Is that the two, the right centre back and left centre back, get the ball in that system probably more than any other player, and we're playing with Lee's and Pearson. Neither of them can pass a ball, so I'm glad that we've signed someone that can. Um, for me, Lee's, if you're playing a back three, he's he's got to be the middle one, but you don't drop Helic. So for me, yeah, just I drop Lee's and keep Spencer in. I mean, I- Matt, do do you think do you think that we should look at the opposition? I mean. Like and then tailor it to that, or do you think it's important to get a, a partnership going, you know, with whatever? But or do you just think we should be? I don't know Southampton, for example. Are we going to kind of play? That's not what you know, Darren Moore's a systems guy. I mean, yeah. I mean, if we don't beat QPR, he might not be here. But you know, it's he's a systems guy. He's going to play a back three and Balka's right footed, so I'm not sure. But a lot of the highlights showed him playing from the left side. You know, so it, it could be it could be Balka. Helic and Nakayama because I don't think Japan are doing too great are they in the Asian Cup so he might be back sooner rather than later but you know that that's actually an interesting back three isn't it I mean you might lose a bit in the box you know d- 
defending it without Tom Lees. I think that's the the only sort of concern you'd have there is Tom Lees is great at you know the blocking the dirt, you know the the ugly side of the game if you like, and you do need that. But Helix good at that too, so it'd be interesting to see if Balker's any good at that because I think the uh, the guy from the Groningen podcast said he sometimes it can be a bit ropey from you know set pieces and crosses into the box. So you know if if that's the case, then you, you're going to want someone like Helix and, and Lees to sort of cover for him. But it, there's a lot of interesting opportunity again. It's like the forwards, isn't it? You, you can throw in. Nakayama, you can throw in Spencer, you can throw in Helic and Lees and Pearson when he's back, and all of a sudden you've got options again, and 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 you've got a happier happier manager with with you know you can tailor that. But I think it's always going to be a back three to answer your question, Cosy under Darren Moore. But mm. um, who the back three is, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, if you've got you talk about silken feathers, Daisy Dolly, the, the, you know the different things you call centre backs. You know, you usually have a stopper and a ball player, don't you? So. It might, it might be they have a, a ball player and two stoppers. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. But, I mean, it'd be harsh. You just need a creative midfielder, man. Yeah. Just, just, it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, obviously, be interesting. I mean, you can move Brody Spencer to right wing back, can't you, and, and play with a front three. There's all sorts you can do. You know, and Sauber Thomas can play as part of a front three. Or you, I've got a bad feeling that he might play Sauber Thomas behind the front two, which I don't think will suit. He's tried that before, and I don't, I don't really like that. But he might try that again and spend it right wing back for, for solidity. So, I mean, we could do with it. We could do with it. No, I mean, we could we still do with someone on the left. Player. I mean, Headley and Jackson, I, I think they're all right, but I don't think they create enough, do they, from that flank and Nakayama. Oh, Headley's levels above yeah. Jackson. I don't, I don't think you can tie them two in together. I think Headley's, look at his, um, you know, his, his go forward, he's offering much more than Jackson for me. Oh, yes. I mean, Jackson's delivery is a bit better than Headley's. Headley's not a great crosser of the ball, is he? It's, it's, I think he's. And I don't know. His business is not done, is it? His business is not done clear from last night. Well, to me, there's someone else coming in. No, but, I mean, oh, I just, I just want to create a midfield. I'm sick of going on about it, man. Oh, mate, mean, mate. Honestly, just, we've 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 had Carol Iting since we sold Aaron Moy in 2019. We've had Iting, and that's it, really, haven't we? Who can pass a ball in midfield? Yeah. I mean, John Russell had his moments, but it was never. Never, never yeah, but now we've got guys with movement, mate, up front. It'd make all the difference. And then you, you can imagine some, like, if you were really attacking, which more never does, but you have Karim on one side, Thomas, mate, it could be. Yeah. It could be good. We could be good to watch, but it's up to, yeah. It's, it's a lot to do. I'm it's a lot sure to do in January. I mean, I mean, Kevin Nagel's having to throw a lot of money in because we've we've not put money in the last few years. So, you know, it's a lot of catch up, and they've done well to catch up so far. But we might be being a bit greedy. We might be getting a bit. It's flashback to the Lee Clark era, isn't Maybe it? Maybe forty odd signings in three yeah. years and what have you. There's obviously a lot of question marks with a lot of these guys we brought in. But I, I do. I did feel driving home thinking like, now we've got the players to stay up. I mean, obviously injuries permitting and guys back and stuff. But I, I feel it's almost like there's no excuses now. Where obviously I've always depended more with the guys that are not in and and stuff and. That's well. I mean, we don't even mention Matos, which uh, he's, he's a bit of a. I just still struggling to know what his best position is, to be honest, Matt. And uh, that, that run he had down the wing yesterday were like brilliant stuff. I know the guy did his uh, armstring, made it look a bit a bit more artificial. But then he, I think I hopefully that wasn't an injury, but that that well, he never came. He kind of had a couple of minutes and then went off. Did his armstring kind of went off. I just got the crossing. Yeah, did his armstring. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, not uh, picking Matos, you know, when he just, he just right. got that crossing just on the byline when he went flying down. But no, he's, he's an interesting yeah. player in there. He gets stuck yeah. in, but I don't feel like the most creative guy, which I'm thinking, I thought that's what we were going to get. But maybe he's still too evolved and it's early days. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm not quite sure what Matos he is said, yet. Um, his best position's in front of the back four. That's what he said in his club interview, first interview. But obviously, Hogs, he's not, not going to drop all guys, so... 
We've got a few, a few players there. Hog, no, it's interesting. Hog, Matos, and Kasumu, they're all not the most attacking. So I think we could do with another attacking no, midfielder. Um, potentially. Potentially, let's let's move things on. Let's uh, so Kevin's video diaries. I think these have been really refreshing through January. Um, there's a lot of transparency um, with uh, Carmichael, Dave, and I've I really enjoyed it when they were both over and they were both in the room and and doing bits and pieces and saying what they'd done. Uh, I found it I found it great, you know. And you've got an owner who's wanting to engage with the fan base, wanting to listen, wanting to learn, and I, I find it great. Um, I, I just think the last one. Um, so we'll talk about a couple of bullet points. Um, he says there's potentially more deals to do, uh, which, you know, we potentially need. Um, he says the players were sloppy, but we outplayed Blackburn. Um, and he said he was frustrated. And one thing he said, he'd spoken to other managers uh, who said that we're too conservative. I mean, I'm not sure who they are, whether he means Peter Jackson, maybe in the, um, the White Rose Club. <laughs> and, and we're too conservative, which, yeah, yeah, I understand. And then... He kind of intimated, didn't he, that if we don't beat QPR uh, on... Is it Sunday, isn't it? We're on Sky, aren't we? Um, The balloons are back, Josh. Um, (laughs) If we don't beat QPR, then he he might have a decision to make. And I mean, I appreciate the honesty, but it it kind of undermines the manager a little bit, doesn't it? It, Having been that honest, um, I I feel like a lot of what he's done in this January has been brilliant and I've really enjoyed his his flying visit. Um, I just didn't like that one question. I just found that a bit... I don't know, a bit too on the nose, if you like, um, in public. I think some things, I think it's great to know you've been doing at the stadium, you know, they're trying to get more players, etc. I don't really want my owner to sort of say, or sort of intimate, if we don't win the next game, he's going to be sacked. I don't, I don't, I did, that didn't really sit particularly well with me. I mean, he can say what he wants. It's his his social media, his his Twitter, etc. Um, but I, that just left me feeling like, oh, I'm not sure that should have perhaps come out that one. I don't know how you guys felt about it, but every, everything else I think has been absolutely great. It was just that one moment where I was like, mm, I didn't, didn't quite. Yeah, I, I agree. Quite like I've, that. I've loved like listening to it and I think it's all great. And his, his visit over has been, you know, after very successful so far, but um, yeah, to talk about the current manager like that, when it's, it's not like a proper interview sort of like with, with radio leads or something like that, it's his mate asking him, do you think the manager's under pressure? Um, I just don't think it's very helpful. Um, and that's the only thing he's done wrong, really. So I suppose just let him off. But we don't want to become a circus. And um, yeah, I think he just needs to uh, maybe keep some comments for private in future. Yeah, I mean, Cosy, you can you can jump in at this point. Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm a fan of dog. It's like I... I re- Ring radio is like 30 minutes after a game, but I, when you listen to mine, they always put it back on the Sunday now, don't they? You know, football forum or whatever. But and you listen to it and you think, bloody hell, mate, you know, take a breath off. But that's emotion, mate. That's emotion from the game, the, the ultimate disappointment of you know, coming there, you're getting peed on with the rain, walking back to your car. You're going to get that emotion. And I just think two hours after a game, these two guys like coming on and you know, saying that, just, it's just a bit of advice to me. And yeah, like you said, Matt, it's his train set and he can do what he wants and that. So I just, he just looked a bit Tim Pot to me, mate. There's like a guy in a garage in the other side of the world. I mean, it's almost like like what we do a little bit, just like chatting away. But I'm thinking, well, hang on a minute. This is like the CEO and friends talking about our manager. And I'm just thinking, 
You know, who knows what will happen at QPR next week? They might beat us, we might go bottom three. And then all of a sudden there's a decision to make and say he goes. I'm just wondering if there's a Paul Eckenbottom or whoever just watching that thinking, mm. yeah. Do I, do I really want to get involved with this guy who's like, come on, and trying to turn it into maybe like a Wrexham kind of scenario? But I, I, honestly, I love Kevin Nagel. I love his arts in the right place. Mm. And up until about four minutes of that video, I thought we were all right, but I just thought they were a bit odd, Matt, but about other managers. What? You can't say that, can you? I just think there's got to be just, it's up to him. And there's a lot of people who like getting there, Kev. I totally agree. I just thought it a bit unprofessional. Yeah, for I me, mean, mate, some, people, lo- some people love it. That's that's fine. Um, yeah. Some people don't. It's championship football, mate. It's championship football. It's not, no offence, not like a League Two or what have you, non-league. This is mm. like big businesses and that. So, but ultimately, mate, he's paying the wages, he's put his money and he can do what he wants. But I just, he just looked a bit, bit poor really and it just eats loads of pressure on Darren Moore. I think he does know that, you know, I think he knows what else to do. But again, it's next week, mate. I think, did he really need him to say that to to know next week's kind of do or die? But part of you thinks, well, I mean, what does one result more mean? You know, it just he's either your man or you're not. I mean, even really at least of the week, you are, he's my man and blah, blah, blah. Mm. And now it feels like he's got to win next week. We've got to win next week. It's like when he was saying that, we've got to win. We know that. But and, and the one thing I don't like as well, Matt, is like, well, I think we all do it naturally just as like, because we need this from the next four games, you know, Steve Chicken and Dave's always like, for the next four games, we need this, we need that. We keep putting ourselves under pressure with points. I think we just knew we had to do better against Plymouth and Blackburn than we did, but I don't like, we need this from the next four games and this and that from the next four games. You just, you can't say that. You just, I just think we're putting ourselves under unnecessary pressure. Certainly that interview last night. I mean, three wins in 22 games puts him under pressure, doesn't it? That's the, that's the problem. And Matt, don't you think some of the players might look at this thinking, this is shit. You know, this is a bit embarrassing. They might, I'm not saying they're down tools, but I just thinking. I won't go that what far. Must they be thinking that as well? I mean, we've got some good senior pros, but sounds like obviously a bit of criticism there of what was said. But I love obviously the video diaries have been really good. There's obviously been a lot of light-hearted stuff, some serious stuff as well. But I'm just questioning, like a bit like obviously you discussed the tweet last week at 4:58 or whatever, not good enough, and uh, mm-hmm. then obviously the backtracking two hours later. I'm just thinking two hours after a game, the same night after a game, it's up to him. But I don't see anyone else doing it, and I think that's for a reason. That I think you've just got your emotion. I mean, language language matters. The way the way you construct construct it. I mean, if if he said, if Kevin Nagel had said in the tweet, you know, oh, we could have done better today, you know, you just kind of sugarcoat, maybe sugarcoat things a little think, bit. Yeah. But I, I quite like how what direct he is. Yeah. It's, it's cool. Darren Moore's not in a position where he can say to him, manager. "I don't like you saying that," because he knows he's close to going anyway. So I think in future. But Neil Warnock said that to him, and, exactly, and they were yeah, out, Josh. And I think that's don't you just think he's saying that because yeah. he knows he can get away with it as well? As he selected the manager because he's an easy guy yeah. who's not going to rock the boat. Because there's not many other managers that have put up with that, you know, mate. There have been people doing interviews with Radio League. I think, I'm not uh, Darren Moore and Neil Warnock yeah. are quite two extreme examples of dealing with a chairman. So Darren Moore, especially in the position he's in, he's never going to say anything. Whereas Neil Warnock is complete other side. If you upset him, he's gone. So I think the next manager will probably be somewhere in between um, and hopefully they'll be able to have a relationship where he can say to Kevin Nagel, look, I don't like you saying that. I don't like you tweeting that and they can work it out amicably. Um, But yeah, my thoughts is um, if you're deciding that it's on one game, if you're going to sack him or not, I think you've already made the decision, haven't you really? So you may as well just do it now because what's what's one game going to make? If you if you're putting the the thought in your head that you're going to sack oh. him if this result doesn't happen, you may as well just do it now. 
Josh, I said on the radio last night, and I'll stand by it. Like and this it might sound contradictory, but I, I'm not sure if they should sack Darren Moore or not. But I am in the position now that Huddersfield Town have got a better chance of staying in the division with someone else mm. from what I've seen. And, and obviously that's to agree or disagree with, but and I will let you know the injury record, you know, well, no, hang on a minute, we're bringing players in. And, you know, the last two games have done so much damage in my head for him because the Plymouth game, and we just let that go like that when they were just like sat back. I know he, 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 he almost seemed honoured with that low block. He went on about it again in his press conference. It's like, okay, Darren, we knew... You know, it's like, oh, they put a low block and it's not easy to play against because we, we've, we've shown them that as well. But it's like, it's almost like just excuses. I'm thinking if you did everything you can, mate, to try and win that game, like I said, maybe put Alec in or do something creative or something totally off the cuff, then I can kind of mm. hear you. But I couldn't. And, and again, I, I did, did we really chuck the kitchen sink at them yesterday? Not really. So kind of, I'm, I'm at the point now where I just think we have the players, you know, maybe a creative midfielder or whatever, but I just can't get out of my head that I think I could be totally wrong, but... He's just, he's, he's so eerie, he echoes the last year. Do you remember when we lost to Preston in the cup under Fotheringham? And then we had them big four games, didn't we? I can't remember the other two. There must have been one at home. Obviously, the finish with Wigan and Blackpool and Wigan, weren't there? Yeah, he went out after Blackpool, but the Wigan one were a disaster, one we were shocking. And But there were another two, but it's, it's almost like history repeating, really, and that as well. And uh, But after what's been said now, Josh, part of me thinks that we might have gone to QPR next Sunday and, and just like, let's try and keep the gap between us, whatever, and yeah, let's be happy with it. Mm. We still might, but that to me, it's almost like win or you're out. And I expect to see stuff that we've probably not seen from more all season next Sunday. And, it, and yeah, we hope we win, but it's going to make us all think, well, hang on a minute, mate. I don't think Are you will. only doing this because you know the chance on the line? Do you think we'll just do it down the I'll be honest, mate. I don't think we will. And I think we might have a new manager by Monday. It's just the way. Well, if they are, they need to uh, decide who they want before they sack him. Because we can't, we can't waste any more time. We can't, we can't have caretakers for more than one or two. <laughs> but yeah, I, think- I hope not. I, I hope we win. I hope we win, and I hope we beat Sheffield Wednesday. Um, I'm, I'm fed up of churning managers all the time. I just want, I just want us to start building. But I mean, he's he's got to win games. It's three and twenty-two. It's it's worse than fathering them. You know what I mean? And it's it's just it's just not it's just not happening, is it for him? Unfortunately, it's like, it's like last um, I mean, we've got we've got when we, we had like, it's just not happening. We had winnable right. games. Well, the, the most winnable games were under Fotheringham and um, Narciss, mm. and then by the time Warnock comes in, all right, he turned it around in the end, but he had quite a tough run, and you're just wishing that the uh, the easier yeah, games were, under, were later under a new manager, but yeah. It's funny, you, you, when they do that Thursday pod, Matt, all you hear is like, we should be down, but others will just give everyone else a chance to get out of it. Yeah. Like the Shepherd Wednesday and Rotherham guys, obviously Rotherham look a bit doomed, but this is a frustrating thing. With, and that gap all of a sudden above us has gone a little bit. Again, and that's well, you know, I know Birmingham beat one at Stoke, didn't they? Uh, Mowbray, he'll get, he'll get them. They'll yeah, be all right. Five, five points to Birmingham now and three points to QPR. We're, we're yeah. in an island yeah. now. We're, we're on a bit of an island where... We're uh, eroding slightly towards, uh, rather towards the bottom three. But you know, a, a couple of wins, and it, you, you're looking up yeah. again. So let's let's cross our, our fingers. Let's let's move on. We've been going an hour. Um, Towns Academy, um, Cosy, the, the Forest game. <laughs> Christ, that was uh, the Forest fans were back on our uh, Twitter. It's been a while, guys. I think they were steaming. They were funny actually, banter. To be fair, when it was saying oh, John Moss has fallen all this, but they couldn't wait to get stuck in. But 
Yeah, the only th- one thing that I thought, Matt, David Weatherall, obviously, I know Rome won't build in a day and he will bring in to overlook and, and have a look behind the scenes and try and get it going. But, and I know that half of our you know, players were probably in our bench on Saturday, so Forest the Premier League and blah, 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 and I didn't see the game. But it's just like, there's never really been any like an interview after or whether all right, David, you've been here four months or whatever. What are you thinking? This, that, and the other. And he's just, yeah, I know the other He's advised. I don't know what his official position is, but I think he's more of an advisor at the minute, isn't he? Yeah. Um, John Worthington's the academy manager, and you can listen to uh, uh, Raj has done a a really decent little interview about Tom Yapenda, and I'm only sort of halfway through it, but there's little bits with uh, Lee Meller and and John Worthington, and it's it's quite interesting. Um, I mean, Kevin Russell's coming, hasn't he? Baptism of fire there, isn't it? <laughs> remember Kevin him? Russell. Yeah, yeah, I remember he's, he's yeah. all right, actually. Um, well, yeah, uh, I mean, he, he's. I listened to the interview with him and he said that the B team's very, That's very light. Yeah, he said the B team's very light <laughs> on numbers, um, which I think the, the I think the game against Forest, which they lost 8-0, I think there was a lot of under-19s in the, in the team, wasn't there, uh, having to play up. Um, but I think that's, that's it. It's, you know, there it's in terms of players it's it's a top down approach isn't it town have to desperately improve the first team to stay in the championship but i i would imagine that the b team and the academy will start to filter through at, at some stage as well and we'll start to improve players there i mean we're putting people in position kevin russell's in worthington's moved up hasn't he david weatherall still at the club i think at the minute um so they're they're, they're expanding and they're, they're gonna have to expand even more aren't they with uh with bringing back the uh, the, yeah. the, Oli Turton played 45 didn't he that was probably the best bit of the news yeah he did he did um, he did um, but where would he play now like we were just discussing now do we get Balkan he'd be a right centre yeah. back but I suppose more headaches yeah, yeah. I mean, so, honestly Matt what, what a huge weekend it is for the club uh, you know this and obviously Brady will do his preview on his podcast but it's it's hard to recall such a I know we, we seem to have had these like massive games so and so haven't won for ages or you know, out of form, this and that, but it's live on Sky. The the eyes of the nation is going to be on us. No, well, not that, many, not that many. <laughs> yeah, there won't be, but, but, but Sky are going to big it up, aren't they? Because it's like they're, it's not, they're not showing any FA Cup. So, you know, they're going to be saying, like, what Kevin, they're going to be nicking all this Kevin Nagel sound bites. They're going to be piling it on. Darren, if you don't, you, you know what he does, he answers it like he does, but it's hard to recall a game with so much riding on it, Matt, for some time. And it's, we're not even at end of Jan, but for me, this yeah, this time I mean, next week we could be starting. I, I like, do, you know, in, in credit to Darren Moore, flags out. I do quite like how cool Darren Moore is about it all. How he doesn't he doesn't seem to yeah. you know he should be under pressure and and you know and almost shaking with it, but it gets off like calmly, palms it off, and I'm hoping that that sort of rubs off on on the players a little bit, and they're going quite relaxed into you know obviously motivated and aggressive, but you know relaxed into the game rather than nervous um, because uh, you know. We, we say things come from the dugout and he's, he seems quite relaxed. So hopefully it, it's a huge game. I mean, Elias chair scored. I've got absolutely no idea where he's playing football at the minute. If you Google him at the moment. Um, but you know, there's, there's a lot to say. There's a lot riding on it for sure. Um, last bits of business um, outgoings. There's two outgoings. We, Josh Osterfield has joined crew in league two. So good luck to Josh. Uh, we'll see how he gets on. Uh, and we we we've, we're farewell after 55 appearances and two goals to uh, the Reg Easter uh, as Neil Warnock converted him to eight years has been here yeah Franz years, Franz Peckenbauer uh, himself <laughs> oh, Romani, Romani Edmonds Green I mean he was 
he um it was it came i think from the nike i think it was the nike academy that he signed from uh when he was sort of 16 17 mm-hmm. uh, he captained some of the academy teams they thought a lot about him uh for quite a while um at the club but i think fitness issues never really um he never really kicked on he's i think he seems to be one of those players who when he's not overly active seems to put weight on a little bit and he, uh, I remember him getting, was it against Wigan or someone? He got cramp, didn't he? Uh, uh, Carlos Corbran sent him out on loan, didn't he? After he got cramp after about half an hour against somebody, which shows a bit of a dodgy fitness. But, uh, you know, I wish I wish think the thing is that he'd probably look back and think, yeah, he, he, he were outstanding at Rotherham. He probably should have gone there permanently for whatever reason. I don't know why the deal didn't happen and that as well. And since he's come back, it's just not, we've had a few managers and he's, he's just never happened really. And that as well. I'm just glad he's got like, he's a Southern boy. He's got, Obviously, good club child, and as, as we know, and that as well, they're kind of mid-table as well. But he's free. It were nice. It were nice to see some of their social media and that as well, like making him feel ten solids. He'd have had no chance of getting a game. God, we were trying to kind of solve his conundrum there, so he wouldn't have had any no, chance. But it's the right. Yeah, it's the just, right move to to move him on yeah, at this it stage. Is, isn't he? He's twenty-five, he's, and he. he not to be too critical, but he still plays like he he did when he first came into uh-huh. the team, doesn't he? But you know, so I think that's my always been my thing with. Romani, but you know, wish him all the best. You know, he's uh, you know made over fifty appearances, and he, he contributed last season to a staying up, didn't he? With that move as a into number six. So, um, favorite Romani Edmonds green moment always Cosy has to be that Luton playoff game where he he, he ran on the pitch in his his ropey tracks. So he wearing wearing some kind of I don't know what what's that make that they all wear Balenciaga. I can't remember what it's called Balenciaga or something. <laughs> yeah, he ran on in one of those track suits, didn't he? And and his and his trainers and. Uh, with all the fans and then all the fans ran on and then the players were running off the pitch and I remember Roman Edmonds Green getting blocked from running off the pitch the, the stewards wouldn't let him off the pitch because they thought it was just some screw up from Dalton that had run on the pitch and so, the- <laughs> <laughs> so he was trapped trapped in all the fans nice. and he was like visibly like stressed like trying to get off going I'm a player I'm a player but he's um, yeah yeah good luck to Roman Edmonds Green it's, I don't think anyone had wish him ill um, good lad um, and all the best and I think that's all I've got time for this week, unless, Cosy, you always like to throw a grenade in at the last second, no. but no, nothing. Zero grenades, mate. Just uh, hopefully, yeah, uh, windows won't go through. This weather's horrendous. Oh, no. Jesus. Anyway, well, a couple, hopefully a couple of grenades next week, and who knows, maybe maybe more signings next week. You never know, dear. You never know. I won't, I won't count on it, but you never know. There's around 10, 10 days left from, from today, so maybe we, we could sneak one in through through the back door but um, thanks for listening everybody thanks to Magic Rock tune in midweek for the Bradle Juices preview and uh, we'll be back again next week there's a team that is dear to its followers the colours are bright blue and white they're a team of renown they're the pride of the town and the game of football is their delight And all the while upon the field of play Thousands loudly cheer them on the way Often you can hear them say who can be the town today? And then the bells will ring so merrily, and every goal shall be a memory. 
So town play up And bring that car Back to Huddersfield So town play up And bring the car Back to Huddersfield. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery delivery afterwards. Three points, nut nugget, share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.